Welcome to episode 34 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play Star Wars Republic Commando. On this week's episode, Mo wasn't quite loving the guns. Yeah, um, uh, I, the guns weren't doing it for me either in this game. And you know I'm the guns guy. I love playing like shooters. You're the guns guy. I love playing first person shooters, but I kind of want them to. I think this would have been a ten times better game for me if I simply had hit markers or some way of knowing what I was doing with these guns instead of it being mm-hmm. very detached and kind of dull walk I say it walking simulator with a visual effect of a gun <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the left behind game club Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I am your host, Michael Ruffalo. And today, I have two friends with me playing a fantastic LucasArts game from the Xbox generation. Uh, guest number one, the man you know, the man with the gun fetish, Mr. Mo Murtadi. It's not a fetish, it's an obsession. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited well, to I play mean, it, man. I'm excited. Hey, I'm not going to kink shame you over here. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But... Our, our other friend, the man who was our very first guest on the pod and is now back for more, Mr. Shane Chasson. I'm back again. <laughs> Welcome back, yes, Shane. Back, Welcome back. We made it back. <laughs> so Shane was on our first, uh, our first guest ep uh, where we played Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, a very story-focused uh, game. And now we're playing something a little bit more action-packed, a little bit more uh, character and gun-centric. Um, and so we are playing today Star Wars Republic Commando, a game that released in February of 2005, and it, uh, it's become a cult classic. Uh, in fact, it was just re-released on uh, Xbox One's backwards compatibility, uh, and uh, I think if you look online, you'll see there are a lot of patches and fan updates that are made to the game, even today on PC. So there, there's a thriving community around this game. It's beloved. It's a cult classic. There's a lot to talk about. But first, boys, I gotta ask Mo, what did what did you play this on? I just as a heads up for the rest of this podcast, and when you hear my opinions, it was played on a uh, like a bootleg PC download because I don't have an Xbox. So I was like, let me just see if I can get it, and I think that dramatically hindered my experience. So when you hear this rage that I'm about to unleash just know that it could be just because I played the bootleg and if you played the original it might be a little better let's just say that I played it on bootleg did you not did you not play the steam version Uh, what I didn't know there was a steam version I just (laughs) there's a steam version though I had I genuinely had no idea but let's just say I've had we'll get into like a lot of things but I played on bootleg and I I regret it heavily and I think I was being punished for playing it on bootleg do you follow left behind on twitter uh, no, I'm actually just the, one of the hosts that doesn't fo- like. No, I I follow on Twitter, but like I don't. I'm not on Twitter that often, so oh, I have no idea. Yeah, that's where I saw the Steam sale. I bought it when it was like three dollars. Shane, nice plug, $3 guys. Is follow us on Twitter. <laughs> You'll learn things. That even and the hosts also, don't if you know. like game deals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great for our game Discord deals. Where everyone's dropping game deals nonstop. We've got some great, uh, great, you know 
fans of the show that come in and, and community members come in and drop stuff. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm always finding things in there. It's actually a little too tempting. Yeah, so but, I played it but, on uh, on Steam. Uh, oh, sorry, Mike. Did, Mike, did you have something else? No, uh, yeah. just for it, no, I was just gonna pass it on to Shane. Shane, how'd you play it? Um, well, I played the Steam download, um, but I, I originally just played the regular download from Steam, and it was it like made me nauseous um, for about five hours until I downloaded the patch that made it perform more like Xbox, and then it was totally fine. But I had to go through half the game uh, without that patch first, so it was yeah, it was pretty rough. You shared with me a great Kotaku, Kotaku article that broke down uh, this fan patch that you know enables widescreen, uh, enables I think 4K, uh, uh, yeah, a 4K lot of resolution. options that that make it look much better and make it far more playable on PC. Yeah. Um, so just from my perspective, I played a little bit on PC and then I did not like the mouse controls at all. So I moved over to uh, Xbox One backwards compatibility. I, I bought it for, I think, $10, um, which I felt was a, a pretty fair price, if that doesn't uh, you know, give spoilers too much. Uh, Mo, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, um, I think that was one of the reasons why I might have had that bad experience is, is mostly with like mechanics and not getting feedback when like interacting with bad guys and like shooting, and particularly hit markers. Uh, I just I felt like it was like a, a game where you weren't experiencing the whole awesomeness of like a first person shooter with like a controller. Like I play the, you know, the typical like Fortnite online with the mouse and keyboard. I play a lot of games with mouse and keyboard with this one because it's so dated and so back. I wanted those like hit markers and I'm thinking maybe on the consoles it might've been better. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah. So it's funny you say that because this game was very clearly developed initially for, uh, the Xbox, the original OG fat, Duke controller Xbox. Uh, and then when it came out on Windows, it was clearly a port from that version. So it didn't have mouse acceleration uh, that you know typical games might. Um, and so the mouse moves incredibly fast without much precision, and it's hard to, to keep, keep control of. And that's because the, it was mapping what a, an L-stick or R-stick could do uh, on, on a gamepad. Um, which, if you think about it, it, games at the time, Halo had came, had come out not not long ago, and had really perfected what, or you know, taken very far leaps in what a console shooter should be. Um, so it, it it's very clearly a port, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't show its best colors on PC. Um, but I think the ideal way to play it on PC is to use a controller on your PC. So you get some of the benefits of the increased performance, some of the nice widescreen support, uh, but also the, the controls. Um, just before we get into you know all of that, one of the things I want to ask is, what is your experience with Republic Commando before we get into this? Mo? Um, I knew almost nothing. This game completely did not hit me in terms of marketing way back when. Um, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't play much Star Wars games. And that's what I initially thought, but what I really played was Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original, on PSP, actually. And that was the only Star Wars games I did play. I loved that original Battlefront 2. Amazing, amazing. I played it online on PSP. Beautiful. Loved it. Um, but didn't hear anything about this and only found out about it from you when you wanted to recommend it and kind of put it on that Twitter poll to see if we wanted to play it. That's the, all I knew about it. When I rigged it. <laughs> yeah. Shane? 
<laughs> Shane, um, what was your experience with this? I, I had absolutely no idea what this game was about. Um, even after you guys uh, said that that's what we were playing, I downloaded it and I didn't start it up for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a first-person shooter. <laughs> Why did I agree to this? Because like, I've never played a shooter game before. Um, but... Yeah, so I knew oh I knew probably even less than Mo, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, so I, I kind of touching back what you said earlier about that mouse acceleration, I'm starting to now think maybe I didn't have a bad bootleg version. I think because as soon as I like booted that game up, my mouse was going crazy because I, I run that little high sensitivity setting and it was not having it. I could barely see my like cursor in the game. So every time I did launch it, I had to like switch down my sensitivity all the way down to super low. And I think I didn't have that nice little update that they released later on to make it widescreen. I was running it on that 4-3 aspect ratio. Brutal. Oh Brutal. My, okay. my day was not going well playing the game, but got through it. And uh, we'll, we'll get into it, I guess, a little bit more. I'd, what did you know, Mike? Because you're the one that was obsessed with the game. Yeah, so... So I I used to spend a lot of time at my local Rogers Video slash Blockbuster renting every single game that they had on the shelf week after week. And Republic Commando is one that I, uh, you know, I tried on a whim uh, because one, I thought the box art was cool. And that's what you went off back on back in the days that uh, you were renting games at, at your local store. Um, and my experience with it was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed uh, playing it, but I didn't get to the end because the game glitched and uh, went buggy on me, which is something that continued to happen today. Um, which, you know, it's something that happens with games that are clearly rushed, and I think there's some added context uh, that, that we'll get to later as to why I think it was rushed. Um, but in terms of what I brought coming into this, I've loved Star Wars games in the past. I think the movies are all right. Um, but I love spending time going through the Wikipedia and all of the uh, extended universe things in Star Wars. And the Republic Commandos are, are definitely something that, that has a, a deep deep place in my heart. Would, yeah, would you say that you're like a big Star Wars fan and maybe that was one of the reasons why you want to play? Or are you like that average person that will go see a movie but don't doesn't really, not going like, to uh, be obsessed with it kind of thing? I'll put it. I'll put it this way. I will usually make an effort to go see every Star Wars movie in theaters, but I'm not there. You know, opening night. I'm not there in the first couple weeks. Um, what about you, Shane? Yeah, I'm. I'm the same way. I I love watching Star Wars movies, but I kind of hate going on the first day. Um, and yeah, I was actually I was pretty excited because there's a lot of terms in this game, and it's just fun reading about them and like the history and. I don't know. There was some stuff I didn't know about Wookiees that I now know, and <laughs> that's the, yeah. The Wookiees are beasts in this game. So let let's kind of set this game up. Um, you start out as a fetus in a test tube, and you are one of the uh, clones of Jango Fett. And unlike all of the other clone troopers that they're making, they don't implant in you the. Uh, the obedience gene the obedience training and so you are one of four uh special troopers the republic commandos the delta squad that are tasked with going behind enemy lines in some of the most dangerous areas during the clone war to help uh bring peace to the galaxy and you know skirting all the star wars political issues um and so I think the intro to this game is fantastic. You're in you're in a test tube, and somehow you can look around. And the very first uh, 
very first person that you end up having to go and hunt in the first mission. Do you remember the name, Mo? Oh, I have no idea what the name of the, the Sun person Fack. was. Sunfac, yeah. So Sunfac is the person that's talking to you through and giving you the rundown. And they tell you just how amazing your Delta Squad is. And uh, you grow up and each of the different members of your squads, they kind of have their own Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles aspect to it. They all have their different color scheme and different markings on their suit. Um, the, the first... Uh, the first thing that you find out is they each have their own specialty. So Sev is your all-around badass who will just kill everything. Um, you've got um, you've got Fixer, Torch, Scorch. I'm blanking. Scorch is one of them. Yeah, that's explosives guy. You've got Scorch. <laughs> that's it. That's definitely uh, Scorch. Who is the explosives guy? And, and who's you know, the other? The funny thing is, the Mike. Member? The funny thing is, Mike. With this, you always remember people's Fixer. names, characters' names, and I myself, I can't even to this like right now remember all of their names because even on the display, they gave like their code, like Delta Z whatever, and they never yeah. really refer to themselves as their character, like alias, except in like talking with each themselves. So I still can't remember them, and the only one I remember is Scorch because he's the explosives guy and the gun. Guy. I think Shane said it. It was Fixer, right? Yeah. What was oh, the main okay. guy's name? Like, what was your character's like? The player's name? Delta. Uh, Delta. Yeah, yeah I thought it was Delta. Delta. I just called him Steve because um, he had an Australian accent, and when they started, oh, yeah, when man. they started talking about lizards, I was like. So, All right, Steve. <laughs> oh, so the funny thing is about that is the uh, the the guy who plays the the voice of him is the Django Fett actor guy. Who as soon as I heard that voice, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And the one thing yes. I want to bring up in this thing in particular is I really like when games take the original voice actor of the movie and you kind of connect that. Because as soon as I heard Django's voice, I'm like, oh, that's Django Fett's voice from the the, the prequels. And I think he also did the Boba Fett's voice in like the remake of the prequel and the, the sequel. That sounds right. Yeah, and. Yeah. It literally He's New Zealand. Yeah, he's, he's from New Zealand. Exactly. He's a Kiwi. He sounds oh. like he has that Australian <laughs> accent, but he's from this. New Zealand. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. They, and he's you great. You can't mix up those accents. They'll get they'll get very upset. And one thing to even uh, like point, point out with that, to, not to talk about a different game, but the the Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City, like the the reason why I really love those games is because they use the voices of the Joker and the voices of Batman. So Mark Hamill and uh, uh, Conroy, Kevin Conroy the cartoon voices of those characters and it makes those games so much better for me because I kind of connect them to that old thing. So yeah, it's the the Kiwi that plays it, the original Django Fett. So a fun little fact about your character, you play as Delta 1138. Uh, and so your, your code name is just Delta 38. But one of the fun little Easter eggs is that the reason they named him 1138 is uh, that is the name of uh, George Lucas's first movie, which is THX 1138. So it's a fun little Easter egg that they kind of squeeze in there for uh, the real Lucasfilm or LucasArts nerds out there. Um, but go, going on with, with what the start of this game was, uh, so you meet up with all of your, I guess, brothers, all of the different members of the Delta Squad, and you start off uh, trying to meet up with all of them. And they introduce them to you really, I think, pretty slowly, where you get one at a time. And I think it does a pretty good job teaching you of, you know, how to manage your squad and all the different things that you can do with them. Uh, and they have really good intros. So do you remember the different intros for the characters, Shane? Um, honestly, not particularly. At the, really? at the beginning of the game, I was, like, so disoriented. 
um, with like all the action going on. I was just like shooting. I didn't even I didn't even realize when I ran out of was running out of bullets the first time, <laughs> and I didn't have any bullets left, and I just kept I just kept dying. I think I if I could if I set a record for this game at all was that I probably died more than anybody else who's ever played this game. <laughs> oh yeah, that comes into what. I thought okay, so originally I talked about I think I had a bad bootleg version. Maybe it was just a bad game. Sorry, Mike. But <laughs> I just like Shane, completely disoriented. I didn't know what was going on with the story until almost halfway through. And even then I was kinda just objective by objective. Okay, move, kill, move, kill, move, kill. And uh I I even thought like the guys were introduced relatively quickly. Um because you get mm-hmm. like all all the guys within the first, let's say, thirty minutes of the game and bam, Absolutely, yeah. yeah, you know you know everyone by then and the storyline was a little kind of jarring not jarring it just i think one of the things with it we got to understand it's this game did come out in 2005 it was way back then you have to take it into context and i think that's where mike you played it the original version so you have like a nostalgia like ad- adrenaline or whatever the it makes you makes you feel good playing Rose this game tinted glasses yeah. yeah but with me coming into it i'm just like i'm so used to like my first person shooters the hit markers the storyline that follows through the even the voices coming from different directions whereas this is from the same place it kind of also made it seem like the same person was talking with a slightly different accent all the time, <laughs> even though it could be like a four-person conversation. It just it made it a little bit hard to follow uh, for myself, and it, the, the age really did not do it well playing it in 2018. Yeah, so one of the things that you mentioned there is is the uh, you had trouble figuring out the conversations. I For me, that was very clear. I thought the, the voice actors were very yeah. distinct. Um, Sev has his very deep <laughs> yeah he's cool voice. he's cool <laughs> and, and he always makes sarcastic very like sharp comments about how he's the most badass of them all yeah um, and if if any character I thought Mo would uh, relate to it would be Sev yeah the thing is like you're when I meant like they it was hard to follow it was mostly with like the it's the narrator or the the there's one like guy that would talk to your group I can't remember it's not gonna the top advisor advi- yeah oh yeah him and then yourself, Delta. I recognized the the actor's voice, but at the same time, it was just always coming at the same tone from everyone. That's why it was kind of I was I'm yeah, used the, to a, a better, I guess, audio system. Yeah, Shane. The, well, yeah, there was no like surround sound or anything like that, so it was just like stereo sound the entire time, like equal volume. There was not even like panning volume um, from from like left to right Mm -hmm. it was just like everything was all around you at all times and stuff so i i did find that kind of confusing at the beginning too because like i wasn't sure where i should be moving on the map and when i uh when i loaded that uh thing onto the the patch it it took away like a couple of like hud things that i had gotten used to and yeah it just kind of it changed around the the ui a little bit yeah and another thing with it is once you get everyone, I, I also, because I didn't know what was going on, I kind of knew what the slight objective was because there'd be usually like a, a text block that kind of says like, download the codes or destroy this. But a lot of the, the times... tactical view. Yeah, a lot of the times, I was just looking to where my guys were going and just following them because <laughs> they kind of gave you a little trail because to go, hey, you have to go here or go to this door. It was kind of so tricky to follow. Did you guys not notice that there was a c- circular ring at the bottom of your visor? Uh, that had an arrow in it with like a, a a number to indicate the distance to your objective. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah, mine didn't have that. Oh, okay. Mine. Maybe, maybe that's what happens when when you play the PC version. Maybe maybe when yeah. you use the patch. Um, I I had that there, and I felt it was a really good ahead of its time method for pathfinding and for for showing you where you needed to go. Um, 
but I do definitely agree that the advisor's commands, I got lost in most of the time. I had to load them back up and hear them again. I also put subtitles on so I could read them, but it was just not that engaging. Uh, and when I say, you know, the story is one of the important things of the game, I don't necessarily mean the narrative. What I mean is the little moments that you have between characters and the ways that they engage with each other. They have all of these funny little quips back and forth. Um, you can tell they all have personalities and distinct styles. You know you know that Scorch has a, a different personality than Sev, who has a different personality than Delta and Fixer. And they all represent different things. Um, I think one of the fun little takeaways for me was, uh, I think it was Scorch, has the same voice actor as Caden Alenko from Mass Effect. So any fans out there, the second you... Uh, the second you hear it, you'll know, oh boy, this is Caden, which I'm also pretty sure is uh, the same voice actor who who voiced a character or two in Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, so there was clearly a lot of uh, use of the same voice actors in those LucasArts games. But uh, yeah, there are a ton of great moments. Uh, do you guys remember the moment? I think it was leading into uh, the second mission where they're jumping out of the spaceship and somersaulting into... Uh, the, the the ship that you have to board. Mm. Do you guys remember uh, that? Well, yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah. So they're they're doing backflips as they're launching through space. They're making killer comments about. Uh, uh, I think Sev says uh, to Scorch after Scorch says, "Oh yeah, like he thinks I'm like one of the greatest." And Sev just looks at him and says, "Like yeah, that makes two of you," <laughs> and then just jumps out of the ship. It's like they have these really good one-liners and these really good quips, and I think they develop a great sense of personality. Um, I So, like I said, I died a lot in this game, and I remember lots of comments about them saying, like, not nice things about me. Like, I was, like, the worst <laughs> commander, and, like, I was not doing a good job, and, you know, who made you the commander kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so, I, I remember a lot of those, but, like, those were personal, so... <laughs> <laughs> what difficulty did you play it on? So Easy. I, I, I don't know if I selected a difficulty. But regardless, I should have selected a difficulty below because I felt like I was feeding these guys lasers or bullets or whatever you want to call them, and it was taking me a while to like drop down some of these guys. So oh yeah, I want to say normal or hard or whatever yeah. whatever it was set in, and I should have played on super easy if that was available. I, I wish that I had played it on easy. Um, the so one of the things that really really dates this game is that you have a limited amount of health that doesn't regen and that you have a limited amount of ammo that you have to go and find ammo packs throughout yeah um, and there are i think they're called bacta tanks to re to heal up everywhere you go you run through one hallway there's another bacta tank there's often two or three so you can heal up your squad mates but it's just the endless slog of having to go and shoot these characters with initially guns that don't do much damage at all and are very frustrating. Um, I think it really, really dates the game. Mo, yeah. do you feel that same way? Oh, I th I'm almost you hit it right on the money. It was annoying to get like health back again. I like so the the game that came out right around this time as well that I think was the reason why this game didn't get a sequel was Halo Two. And the, I think the big premise with Halo is you regen. You just have to kind of chill out for a bit, take a time out, and you start getting that health back. Whereas with this one, you have to find those packs and sit there, click the activate button, and load your health back up. 
not a fan, not a fan, and I think that's one of the reasons why maybe not that many people played it. Um, so I, I remember like the first time I really had to think about this was, uh, do you guys remember the first enemy that you had to fight with like the flamethrower thing, um, right at the beginning? It's um, the giant bug. Yeah. Yeah. The giant itch. bug. Yeah. So when you get to the bottom of that elevator, um, I had 13 bullets left and like no health. And so Ugh. basically what I had to do was like direct the commandos to like go and set off the explosive that was like right there and then right behind it there was a there was a bacta tank and some ammo and uh every time i died i had to do this over and over and over again because my save point was right there um but but yeah like it was it was difficult because i had to like run through the line of fire and like i had no other option like i had to heal and i had to get bullets um so i died there probably like a million times actually for that part i had to look at like a walk a walk through to see what somebody else did and other people were just like walking right through it um and i i was just dying constantly so that's when i changed it from medium to easy um you make a really good point there did you guys do a lot of saving because no. i saved the game a ton after i got burned by a save bug um i don't i can't remember myself actively saving the game like manually no. I have an active oh, save, but just it was one time on accident because I didn't know autosave was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> this game brought me back in time because I was saving the game every time I made progress. So that way I did not have to go back and do it again because I also died quite a bit. Um, but once I think I learned the, the key points in, the, in this game, which is anytime there's a key uh, place to, to mark your squad you put them there yeah if there's a rock Agreed. that you can put them behind you put them there if there's a turret that you can put them in you put them there because they are skilled warriors in a very specific position very little can take them out but if you have them just following you or not directly commanding them to do specific things they're just fodder for gunfire yeah and that's one of like i guess i don't know if we even touched on it really that much but that's the premise of the game you have these guys that you're commanding and you need to use them there's a lot of times where I'd, I'd move into a place and because i was so disoriented didn't know like where i was going or what i was shooting at they'd clear out the room before i even kind of get settled and started taking people down this is early on and i found that if you use them and you let them kind of take over the game you kind of had an easier time instead of like early on when i was unloading bullets and not killing anything yeah, yeah definitely. I, I found that uh, coordinating them and telling them specifically what to do, once I learned how to do that and once I learned how to control them, the game was so much easier. Shane, you had something you wanted to add? Yeah, so right right at that part that I was talking about with the, the firebug guy, um, that's that's when I learned how to do that because that's why I was probably dying so much there is because I was just marching uh, them in and just basically marching them to their deaths. Um, but yeah, when I watched that walkthrough, like the difference between what I was doing and what the walkthrough was doing was that they were, they were assigning them to turret visit or sniper positions and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's something that I, you know, we haven't quite mentioned yet. While we did mention, you do have a squad of characters. This is a tactical squad shooter. Uh, so there is a lot of control over what your characters do. And while they each have their specialty specialties, they all, essentially are interchangeable it's just about making sure you put them in the right positions for success uh, and choosing how you want to go through the game so for example there are doors that you can go through and you can choose to either breach the door while you explode them and throw a grenade through it and try and kill everyone on the other side 
or you can have one of your characters hack through the door, open it up quietly, and start you know tact- tactically eliminating everyone uh, that's that's on the other end. Yeah. Well, did you guys ever, did you guys think the game started getting I want to say boring after like the halfway point when you kind of there's nothing new being presented. You weren't playing the game any differently. It was more or less progress into a new area. Minions are generating. Download the code. Open the door. Breach the door. Takes. It was just like the same thing over and over, and it got to the point where it's like, okay, when is this kind of ending? Yeah. So, are are you talking about the first mission or the second mission? Um, or the by the end mission? of the first there's one, there's three I, major missions in this game. Yeah. By the end of the first mission, I didn't really. There was nothing really crazy that popped out, except when Star Wars characters started popping out. Like when I started seeing, yeah, I, th- I think the moment that kind of made me the happiest was seeing General Grievous, and I was like, "Oh yes. wow, this guy's wicked! He's gonna whip out lightsabers." And then I kind of got sad because there were no real lightsabers throughout the entire game. Star Wars game without lightsabers? So the, what are we doing? There's, there's two things that are very special about this game. One, it does not open with your typical Star Wars scroll, where the text crawls up on the screen. The second is that there are no Jedi. Well, in fact, there, there's one uh, Jedi, yeah, but they're one. dead. There's yeah, there's one dead Jedi alert. that you find with uh, with a lightsaber, and uh, your character Delta Thirty Eight ends up talking him and saying like, "Oh yeah, well this this used to be uh, a warrior of a more peaceful time," and then he says, "Well, I guess you're outdated because we're necessary now." <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, they have some really great commentary lines throughout this game. Um, but Mo, back to your point about being bored at a certain point I definitely felt bored near the end of the second mission um, or about halfway through to the end of the second mission um, because they give you each each level has its new weapons you get the uh, the shotgun in the second level, uh, you get the Wookiee um, crossbow in the third level um, and I enjoyed changing it up with all of those but I definitely did hit that point of like okay there's some buffer, there's some filler in this game that's that's padding it out a little bit more than it, it might have needed to. Uh, did you guys feel that way? Yeah, um, I, the guns weren't doing it for me either in this game. And you know I'm the guns guy. I love playing like You're shooters. The guns guy. I love playing first-person shooters, but I kind of want them... to. I think this would have been a ten times better game for me if I simply had hit markers or some way of knowing what I was doing with these guns, instead of it being mm-hmm. very detached and kind of dull, walk I say it, walking simulator with a visual effect of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely agree that you don't see a lot of the damage that your gun is doing. Uh, you only you only see it when the, the character dies or when they blow up. And I think the most frustrating is when you walk up to those very tall metal uh, droids that can shoot cannons at you and you see some markers that you're making you're doing damage but you only really can tell that you're close to the end when they go down yeah you know the worst part too is about it's the fact that there's guaranteed some really awesome first person shooter games I played way back like on the PS2 and the, the Xbox back in the day that probably have the same faults as this but I didn't care back then because that's all we knew and that's all we had whereas right now mm-hmm. if I go and play some of those games I'm probably going to be have the same opinion like ah oh, where's the, the the three the the dynamic audio where's the hit markers where's all this and that so this could be a really great game if I was kind of pushed back in time and played it then but right now ah not not it's the best. definitely dated yeah yeah definitely 
Shane? I So I agree about the guns as well. Um, and to be honest, like, because I, I was just... I was just trying to get through the game at probably after like the first campaign. Um, and I, I noticed that I had different guns and stuff like that. But if, if it, if it didn't do, if I was out of bullets, basically it was like just on to the next one on like every time. So I, I tried to shoot with like the harder hitting guns, but at some points I didn't even know what I had in my inventory. Cause like sometimes I'd mm-hmm. pull out the flamethrower gun and then sometimes I'd pull out a, a pistol kind of gun. And, and yeah, I was just, I just kind of, if it had bullets, I was going to shoot it, kind (laughs) of. Yeah, the guns, in most cases, didn't feel like they packed the punch that you wanted them to. Or when they did pack the punch, you didn't have enough ammo. So the gun that you were mentioning earlier, Shane, the kind of flamethrower that drops from the the big Genosian bug, Mm -hmm. um, you can use it, and it packs a serious punch. You can see it just cut through the enemies that, that you're facing. But I think you can use it for a total of like four or five seconds. Um, and it, it like a minigun, it takes a little bit for it to charge up. Um, I found that the pistol <laughs> was effectively useless. And I found that uh, the one gun, which I thought was very cool from a like, design perspective. You could change it from being a sniper to uh, an assault rifle to, um, I guess, all of the other weapons that you use. Whether it's a grenade launcher or, or a shotgun. Um, that in, in concept it was cool I found that the one that you used more often which was the assault rifle I found that it was again very weak and didn't feel like it was doing much damage yeah it, it didn't I felt that's the, I think the biggest gripe because that's one of the first games you use primarily or guns you use mm-hmm. primarily and it just you in every first person shooter there's always that default assault, assault rifle that M16 the SCAR whatever you have and in this game the blaster I guess it didn't fulfill the role of if anything is bad, just take this one out. You can run the rest of the mission. You actually you could, but it just it didn't give you that satisfying like I'm in top of the world. I'm going to take over this level because I have this gun. I absolutely. I kind of felt like, uh, and maybe maybe the commandos were just doing something more than me, but I kind of felt like every gun kind of did this the same amount of damage. Like I, I felt like no matter what I was shooting with it probably took about the same amount of time to like kill any enemy whether it be like a lowly light armor um drone or like one of those like big tall robots or whatever so yeah the one sniper rifle i felt like had some power but i guess with the mouse and keyboard and just being able to aim and actually hit them correctly when they're moving around the time to take the enemy down probably was the same as me just unloading bullets with that assault rifle but it did kind of punch them almost one shot them Mm. most of the time yeah, I found the sniper rifle was fantastic in terms of how much power it packed. I just found that, at least from a control perspective, uh, it was very sensitive to making sure that you were hitting the exact model, whereas I felt other guns like the SMG or the assault rifle type gun, it was hard to get that precise hit even if you were looking down the sights. And so I think one of the, again, design anachronisms of the day was that left trigger was throwing a grenade and not look down the barrel of the of the gun um so again that for me was weird and it it made me think that looking down the barrel of the gun or the scope to line up your shot was was less important um mike or uh shane was this one of the it was this around the time when like first person shooters were becoming the the game that everyone played like i know halo 2 was just coming out i'm guessing I know Call of Duty 4 must have been like two or three years after that. Would you say, what, what was this the first game that came out where 
this is the type of shooting you're going to be using. This is the type of control you're going to be using, more or less, Mike? Yeah, so, I mean, this game was built on Unreal Engine 2. So shooting shooting games had been around for a bit. Um, I think the, the real innovation in this game was really taking squad-level shooters or, or tactical shooters to the next level. Because uh, if you looked at it, uh, you know, other games that would have been popping up at this point were like Rainbow Six, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, or sorry, Rainbow Six Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not Siege. Uh, Rainbow Six Vegas. Um, they're games that had squad elements and had squad tactics, uh, but weren't taking it to taking it to the places that this was. I I never I didn't hear about this game at all. Like when I was in high school, and it would have like just came out. All I heard about was Halo, Halo, and mm-hmm. that's like all anybody ever talked about. Like in terms of video games, was when Halo came out. But yeah, I. I didn't know that this was a game, um, like as well as like a coveted game until like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, like as, as you guys have seen, you look online and you can see that there's oh yeah uh, a huge amount of fan love for it and people who are always trying to update this game and, and bring it back. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the progression of, of the game in terms of the three missions. The first mission is your attempt to go and hunt down. Uh, what's his name? Sung Fak? Sung Fak. <laughs> and then, uh, so that game, or that, that mission, starts with you on Genosha. Uh, you go through, you kill a lot of droids, you kill a lot of bug people, uh, until you get to, if I remember correctly, uh, a chase sequence where you have four minutes, and they do a very poor job at letting you know that you have four minutes yeah, there was a timer. to go what? there was a timer that was ex- do you know how many times i had to complete that last mission where it's like oh it takes a minute to hack this this computer to get the codes before you can it. get to the escape thing and there was like a minute 10 left on my uh on my thing it was it was tough for me i had a really tough time getting past that was that but th- was that to sorry? Go ahead. Was that no. to uh, like the minute to unlock the door or something like that? Uh, sorry, I played this game. Exactly. I played this game like a month ago. So everything, I'm like, as soon as you say, it, I'm like clicking through my head. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It was where they sent every droid that they had left in the ship after you, and uh, you had a minute. You had to post two men around the computer and the other to to hack it, while you tried to lay some covering fire, uh, and then make a mad dash to the exit. Yeah, those those bugs were annoying. They moved a little too much for my liking, and I'm just not a huge fan <laughs> of bugs. And these were gigantic. Uh, Nothing. I you. thought there were some great cinematic moments in that first mission, like when you call in the air support to take down the shielded door, uh, when the ship breaks through at the very end to help come and save you, uh, when the tank comes out for the first time, and you're like, oh boy, like what am I gonna do to get past this? Um, they they give you a lot of cool little moments that make you feel like the deck is stacked against you and then show you the way to get through it. Did you guys feel that same way? Yeah, I I agree. Like I liked those uh those like breakdown moments cuz I was like, "Oh, okay, this is what I was doing. Like this is this is what the purpose of this was for." Um and it it definitely helped tie it together at the end for me, like the end of the well, the end of the first mission. Well, that's how I felt, mm-hmm. but And so I think. Do you guys have anything else you want to mention about that first mission? No, not really. Just the, the is that did that one also have that long sniper shot that was not dramatic at all. But when you send your one of the guys out, you're like, you have to take him down. He's escaping by ship. And yep, that's that's the very beginning of that mission. Yeah, he takes like four sniper shots and takes down a spaceship. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we talked about how powerful that sniper was. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. You're right. That thing is pretty powerful. He took a headshot. <laughs> did we end up, uh, like, did Sun Fact die? Like, is that? I I honestly don't remember. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we killed Sun Fact. But I, I, I honestly couldn't remember which. Yeah, which is for me like the story is not the important thing here. It's it's the characters that it develops and the relationships. I got that to are the formed. the middle of the second campaign, still thinking like, all right, where's Sunfac? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what what is the second campaign? Um, what was it? Do you guys remember? It wasn't the Wookiee so one? So the second campaign is the ship. assault ship. Yeah, the ship. Yeah. Where uh, early on your squad mates, or is it all of them or just one of them? I think it's Scorch, gets kidnapped and you have to make an attempt to break him free and get him, uh, get him free and, you know, bring him back. Was, was this the one where you finally saw, like, the Roly guys? Yeah. Okay, so. that's so... That the, I, just, like, not knowing that much about Star Wars, but knowing a little bit, like, seeing the movies like you guys, I was just, every time I saw something that I could connect with, like, the movies or something I really knew about, that's the only thing that kind of kept me going. As soon as I saw those really guys, I'm like, ah, those are those annoying guys with the shields that <laughs> like Obi-Wan had to kind of fight. And I was like, so, that's that's the only thing I really remember about that, like, the, the second campaign. I, I remember when uh, the Clone Wars came out, um, like, in theaters, I, those rolly things were on like every Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC commercial, and like it was just their shields popping up. So as soon as those guys popped out, I was, I didn't even bother shooting them because I knew it wouldn't do anything. I was like, same yeah. here. <laughs> just just because of those commercials. So you know, if one thing stuck with me <laughs> over the years, it was that those guys have shields and pizza. It's, <laughs> it's funny that you guys mentioned that uh, because. The, the movie is one of the reasons why this game feels as padded and, uh, I guess, a little too long uh, and why it feels a little more rushed and buggy than it should have been. Uh, if you look at when this game was released, it was February 2005. I think it was either March or May that the movie came out. And so one of the big selling points of this game was to get a sneak preview of some of the characters and elements of uh, what what was going to be revealed in the I think second um, prequel movie, um, and, and so that's one of the reasons why this game was pushed out the door a little bit earlier, not as fully baked as everyone would have wanted, and with a little bit of bugs uh, that were still there. Uh, do you, do you, I'm just gonna say this now: uh, Does do any of you care about the tr- like clone trooper guys at all? Like, I, the one of the reasons I like Star Wars is not because of like the side pawn character that doesn't mean anything i like the heroes i like the main characters the fighters the bad guys the they, the fact that they're so generic I, I don't really care much about them and when i heard about the star wars the republic commando game based off of the clone troopers i'm like why like what what's can we just like can we do like a loop game or a anything game like that I, what do you guys think so i i usually agree with you mo but, but right here is where I differ, only because <laughs> I love the extended universe of Star Wars, okay. and they do such a fantastic job setting up the different types of clones and why they're interesting. So I think one of the coolest is the ARC Troopers, um, which are a type of clone of Jango Fett, who he personally trained, that didn't have a lot of the limitations that the clone troopers have that make them obedient. Um, and there you know you get some of the coolest stories in the extended universe of of these clones that 
you would normally say like who are these guys why are they interesting but they set up some really cool ways for them to be standout characters and i think in this game that's a lot of what they do here they set up delta they set up sev they set up scorch they set up fixer to all have their own different personalities and bring some different elements to it and and i think they show just how cool these troopers can be they they go in and single-handedly or in this case four hands or eight hands um they go in and they they do a compelling job of taking down these really tough missions when the jedis are busy with other things yeah at the same time though i feel like all it takes is for like luke or obi-wan or someone to come in use the force throw them across the wall okay game over like move on like if they were in the movie series they would just be sliced three times with a lightsaber and the story would still progress that's the thing in the bottom of my head that says why do I have to care about these guys? But yeah, they they're they're funny. The story, the way they talk is nice, but it, like, that still stays in my head as if like all you need is a Jedi or a Sith and these guys are sliced and diced and going on pizza. Yeah, I I agree um as well that like I, I'm with Mike. Like I agree that this is like I really like the back uh story to these games and the extended universe and stuff like that. Um and I was actually pretty interested in playing the commandos and I, I also noticed did you guys notice when like in the cut like the loading screens when Django um, said that the Delta the commandos were like his sons um, mm-hmm. and that they were like aggressive and antisocial and stuff like that like I, I just thought like details like that were pretty cool yeah you, I've learned a ton uh, in those little loading screens in between which again brought me back to an earlier designed day of uh, game design where when people died that's where you gave them the hints on how to get better and how to flesh out the story and things like that could you imagine if you played the game and didn't die not knowing there's so many ways to like win the game a little bit easier and <laughs> yeah I couldn't imagine uh, playing that game and not dying yeah you'd have to, you'd have to be a too. pro you'd have to be a or you just part a of the game yeah so I guess that takes us to the third mission uh, once once you rescue your squad mates and get off of the ship, uh, you go to the third mission, which is on Kashyyyk, which is the planet of who, Shane? The Wookiees. The Wookiees, our friend Chewie, and all of his brothers and sisters. You know, and I, I loved I loved this mission. This was the this was my favorite part. <laughs> I, I, you know what, it, what made it did it for me once again. Something that connects to the movie was the chewy growl, the Wookie growl thing. The <laughs> that thing. <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I'm like, okay, well, this might be pretty cool. Now let's get it started. <laughs> Do you guys remember like the the Wookie screams of anguish at the at the beginning? Like I was playing with speakers on uh, at like when I started that mission. Like I wasn't using headphones and. Yeah, it was it was pretty terrible. I just felt like really sad, like crying wookies everywhere. <laughs> Dude, I totally have to agree. I think the sound design in this game and the soundtrack were amazing. I don't know if if you guys noticed the the big uh choir and orchestra that was swelling up behind and chanting things as you made your way through the game. Uh but there were good chunks where I felt like I was that they had pulled the uh the choir right out of Skyrim. And uh, it was in a Star Wars game. And, you know, I think it's kind of cliche to have to say like, oh, the music or the soundtrack in the Star Wars game was fantastic. But to me, it really, really actually did stand out. Yeah. Do you guys feel that same way? 
Yeah, I think I one of the things while playing it, like a mental note I had was it, the sound was very Star Wars and had like the epicness of the movies in certain situations. So it, I think they just recycled a lot of the the sounds and tones and things from the movies, and that's why you kind of connected and said, oh, "Okay, yeah, it sounds really good." Um, I was actually gonna mention that the music was like really great too, and um, I, I really enjoyed it throughout the game. But then when I was reading about it afterwards. Um, I saw that this game was like one of the first Star Wars games that actually licensed Star Wars music. So like that's probably why it sounded more authentic because in previous Star Wars games, um, they just they just uh, like made their own music or they had like other composers come in and make music. But this was actually like this was real Star Wars music and real Star Wars sounds. That makes so much sense. I had no idea, but that that pieces a lot of things together for me. I read the entire Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> what uh so so what are what are the other fun facts that you found in the Wikipedia page? Um well, I was yeah, I was just kind of interested in like why there wasn't a sequel, but I couldn't find a reason why the sequel wasn't canceled, but I was I was kind of interested. Do you guys know why it was canceled? Uh, Mike, I don't know about you, but I, I found something, and it's almost like a theory more than more than actual facts. But it, around mm-hmm. the time when it came out, uh, I think there was a new CEO or a new company leader that was taken over, that took over the company, and there was mass like layoffs and like, hey, get out of here. Um, while it, there would have been like development for a sequel, another thing, yeah. it also didn't sell as well as they were expecting it to sell. And the last thing was Halo Two came out around the exact same time. And everyone was focused on Halo 2, and there wasn't much people purchasing copies and continuously playing this game. So the decision was, smaller team, didn't do as well, why put the money in? But I wouldn't be surprised if an E3 down the line or something like that, there may be an announcement. Because this game, if it was refreshed, a first-person shooter with the squad commands improved, way more mechanics, it, it, it could be a pretty good title that they could release. Is, did you hear anything else, Mike? I think you absolutely nailed it. There, those are some of the biggest factors. Um, I think one of the things to point out is that they did have a sequel in development that was canceled, or at least in pre-production, and it was Star Wars Imperial Commando. Yeah, didn't they and have that was, it, like the whole game like storyboarded and everything? Like, yeah, yeah. So the pre-production was was done and ready to go, and exactly what Mo said. As soon as uh, as soon as a head of LucasArts uh, came on board. They, there were a, a lot of layoffs, and uh, the, the team that had driven Republic Commando to the finish line were no longer uh, there and able to, to get the sequel through. Um, I, think, I think that's one of the you know, biggest, biggest things. But because this game had such a cult following, one of the interesting things is Star Wars The Force Unleashed had an Easter egg uh, where you could find Delta's, Delta 38's helmet uh, in one of the missions. Um, which I think at the time made people think that, okay, there's still a lot of love for this game in LucasArts, and they might actually still be working on a sequel. And and one of the things that I might point to today that says that a sequel might still be something that they're considering is the fact that this game was made backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Um, Didn't that just happen are, a couple years ago? It just happened. Oh, and yeah. this year. Yeah, and so while Disney is taking a different, uh, a different, more limited view of the extended universe, I, I know that the uh, cartoon, the Clone Trooper cartoon, was one of the most successful. Um, so that's something I, I think we might be able to see a sequel. 
Uh, I think when them doing that, they're probably just like testing the water, seeing if there's any kind of like ripples that kind of come out of it. And right now we're recording a podcast about the game. If they do announce the sequel to Republic Commando, I'm taking sole responsibility from Left Behind Game Club that we caused it. We caused the the sequel (laughs) to come out. You heard it here first. So, uh, and this this game ends in a cliffhanger, right, Shane? Uh, yeah. Like, I I would call it a cliffhanger, um, slightly, but like I didn't really feel too connected to the characters at the end of the game, so I wasn't mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't super shocked. Like, I feel like they should have drawn that out like a little bit longer. Uh, so yeah, when Sev died, or when they just kind of gave up on him like there was so little resistance to leaving him there and they were like just no you're coming back now and they're like no we're not we're not coming back without him and then he's like yes you are and he's like oh okay (laughs) and then everybody's (laughs) on the plane and i'm just like yeah in terms of like when it came out that was probably the stereotypical way to kind of say hey we're gonna release a second game like the story doesn't end here or if we do like potentially bring a game there's a way to kind of connect it to the first one um, that's pretty much the only reason it is a cliffhanger is the guy's lost. Now we've got to bring him back. The typical savior friend storyline. And then also, I, I feel like, you know, once we got to the end of the game, we had played the entire game for just the little Yoda cliffhanger at the end there. I was like, yes, <laughs> the most recognizable character in this game. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think I think we've just about hit all of all of the points that, that we want to talk about. Um, I, I definitely don't feel like this game aged well, uh, but I definitely do think that for its time and place, it was a fantastic experience, and it did a lot of things uh, in, very well for the time, and I still think very well for today. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, that I didn't mention that, I, that I'm going to add right now is just how visceral and dirty and bloody this game is. Uh, your visor is constantly being wiped off as you get in the fray and have and have stuff off of it. Uh, and I think it was a real departure for for most Star Wars games. And I, I think it uh, it was it's something that definitely left a mark on me and quite a few others out there. Yeah, that no? that visor thing that happened. I wouldn't be surprised if like one of the developers or a group of the developers that developed uh, Metro uh, twenty thirty three that made the update they're like oh i really like that star wars game where it had the visor wipe let's add that into like the updated version because it seems so similar like the whole scene wipe off the blood whenever you just destroy something too close to you um yeah i thought that was pretty cool but it did it was pretty dated i felt with this game um, i agree i i used the knife a lot too so um like there was always blood and guts all over my my visor and i don't know it was it was cool like I've played a lot of games like that, like nowadays where stuff splashes up on your face, so whatever. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, well. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I it, the last kind of almost my closing thought with it is like I wouldn't really recommend someone go back and play this unless you really have time because there are way better shooters. But if you are a total Star Wars fan, maybe it's worth your time to kind of check it out. It's not as really bad as you'd expect from a really old game. But you don't expect like any of the the fine features of a current or pre-current uh, first-person shooter from this game. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I think that wraps that wraps up where we are for today and our experience with Republic Commando. I hope that we get a sequel, and if it does happen, I am 
uh, crediting it all to Mo. Oh no no right to us here. to us. <laughs> when I said well, I'm taking slow responsibility, I mean like the podcast. Well, we created okay. the sequel. It was our our hype that we built Fantastic. up. <laughs> All right. So, when they inevitably announce Republic Commando 2, where mo should the people reach out to you and let uh, and and thank? Oh, well, primarily you can check us out on leftbehindgame.club. Um, but if you want to reach out to me personally because you heard it here first, you can find me at Emmertati all across the board. Shane, where can the people find you at? Uh, I'm Chasso all across the board, and yeah. How how do they spell that? C H I A S S O O. Add the boy up, people, and then you can find us at leftbehindgame.club. Uh, you can go there, join our Discord server. We've got a lot of people dropping hot deals, talking about a lot of fun things. I think our E3 chats that we had in there were a ton of fun. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to have more conversations like that with the people in our Discord. Um, but you can find me specifically at RuflowM uh, on Twitter and uh, on most places online. Instagram. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram. Mo, where can the people find us on Instagram? Uh, you can find us at Left Behind Game uh, Club on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter. We're on there. Do us a quick search. Give us a good thumbs up on iTunes if you do love this podcast and you listen through there. Um, yeah, you can find us pretty much everywhere. Great. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Hit the music! Hit the music!